NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. Get started today and receive a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive it the $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store to download the app today. And welcome, everyone, to a Wednesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. This is Wednesday, June 23rd, 10.38 a.m. on the East Coast. This is your host, ZB, and I'm joined by Munaf. Munaf, how are you, bro? I'm doing well, man. Uh, incredible li- night last night in Game 2, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, Game 1 kicking off Eastern Conference Finals, and you know we had some other NBA stuff, draft lottery and stuff going on. So I'm excited, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I, I wanted to tee you up a little bit, see how you're feeling this morning, because I've been speaking the Pistons rebuild into existence <laughs> all, all season, and your Rockets... I think it was a good result for Houston too, because the downside, oh, yeah. for, the downside for Houston was obviously there to drop out of the lottery entirely. So, obviously, mm-hmm. last night the Pistons get the number one pick. As I've said, one of my favorite rebuilds that I can remember in the last you know five ten years, and now they'll be able to add Cade Cunningham to this team that has a lot of young pieces. So, yeah, what, what was your reaction to the Pistons getting the number one pick, and then how did you feel about the Rockets at number two, and who, who do you kind of want to get there? They could go big with Mobley, or they could grab yeah. one of these other young guards. Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, as a Rockets fan, you wanted that number one pick to probably get Cade in that in that backcourt also. Um, but I think the bigger story, like you just said, was securing that top four pick because yeah. if it fell outside, it would have gone to OKC. So, um, you know, number two, there's we, we've talked about, you know, previously that this is going to be a very deep draft, at least the top four guys, uh, the top four prospects, you can benefit from any four of those guys on your team. But um as for the rockets i I think the guy that i'm want them to pick is probably going to be jalen green um because even though evan mobley's a great player you already have christian wood on the inside and i'm not sure how that exactly will work together if they did take mobley so um i am a jalen Suggs fan I, i did get to watch him all throughout the season with gonzaga but I feel like that he is a little undersized and I would prefer getting Jalen green in this backcourt with uh, Kevin Porter jr. And I think that John wall probably will not be on this roster next season. Um, either they come to a buyout agreement or if there's a trade available out there for John wall, um, he won't be on the roster. So, you know, having Jalen green and KPG in your backcourt along with Christian wood and your guy, Jay Sean Tate is yeah. a pretty good start to the rebuild. And we, saw on Twitter last night that some of the local uh, beat writers and the guys that write for the athletic that um, cover the Rockets, they, I guess there was a post uh, post conference after the draft was over and Raphael stone, the GM of the Rockets, said that, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to get the best player on this roster, whether if that's available of getting an all-star player that's already out there in the NBA via trade 
or drafting the right guy. So I think all options are on the table for the Houston Rockets. Is Kevin Porter Jr. good enough as a guard to want to dissuade you at all from adding another ball-dominant guard into this backcourt, or are you just going strict? Would you want to go strictly best player available? I would probably want to get another guard because it's a, it's a guard league, right? And it's a make-or-miss league, and, and we've seen that all throughout these playoffs also that you need shot making and, you know, I, I think that you have Christian Wood inside who, who's a guy that can knock down the three point shot, also get his own bat, uh, make his own shot, get to the basket. He can finish around the rim. Jay Sean Tate's a, a guy that can knock down that corner three point shot for you. So he's now the younger version of the PJ Tucker that we used to have. Um, but I, I think, you know, starting with a, a dynamic backcourt is the way to go. And there's always bigs available in the league whether it's a, a veteran or a young guy that can come in. But, you know, this foundation is really there for the Rockets. Yeah, it is, and hopefully they will hit on that pick. Other big news in the lottery last night, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Toronto Raptors jumping up into the top four. Yeah. Big for both of them. I think if you look at the Cavs, this kind of puts them at a nice little inflection point where if you do add, you know, a Jalen Green or a Jalen Suggs onto this team, you know, is I think one of Sexton and Garland probably has to go. I, so I think Colin Sexton could be another interesting name, maybe on the trade market this offseason. I saw last night that the Miami Heat could be a destination for Colin Sexton. That would be very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Getting us another scoring guard down in Miami. And then for the Raptors, I mean, I, I kind of – I'm happy for them that, that this worked out. They were a team that aggressively embraced the tank at the end of the season. They did not chase the play-in game. They did not chase the back end of the playoffs. They get rewarded with the number four pick and there it's supposed to be, you know, a four, maybe a four and a half player draft. Um, but you definitely want to get one of these top four with green Suggs, uh, Mobley, and then Cade. So, uh, you know, good for Toronto as well. And they'll be able to add another piece and hopefully be right back in the playoff picture. Um, but that was not the main story of last night for our purposes. Last night, we saw the Clippers go into Phoenix. They got the cover. I think we all kind of like the Clippers on the spread there, you know, only end up losing by one, but let a game slip away for the series purposes. And obviously Hmm. that, you know, just a crazy game, lots of controversy. I think the replay issue is, is, is something that needs to be worked out this off season. I I didn't think it was now. I didn't think the, the, the play that really got everyone riled up was the Patrick Beverly poke that was off Devin Booker's hand at the last second. I didn't think that was so crazy just because it was inarguably off Booker once you went to the replay. Like, what are they supposed to do? Make the wrong call uh, right. at that point? But, you know, that it did have people riled up, and then Paul George is super clutch late, then misses a pair of free throws at the last minute, and, and it leaves the door open for a phenomenal play by Monty Williams um, to get a lob to DeAndre Ayton to win that game. So the Suns take a 2-0 lead without CP3. Clippers definitely got to feel like they let one slip away. So what did you think of that game last night? And uh, can the Clippers come back from this point? Yeah, there was a lot of clutch and unclutch moments down the stretch from uh, Paul George last night. You know, he got the go-ahead bucket that put him up one. I think it was like 101-100, and then Devin Booker comes back and knocks down that that patent elbow jumper that he's just kind of perfected in his game. And then Paul George goes and misses those two free throws. He just needed to get at least one of those, you know, to potentially, I mean, kind of in hindsight, it would have probably sent it into overtime, but um, he, he missed both of those free throws, which was, which was monumental. Um, I, I think kind of zooming out a little bit. I know we want to talk about the, all the review reviews that happened over the final two minutes, but yeah. 
we, we got to give so much credit, a lot of credit to Monty Williams for yeah. what he's been able to do with this team and for him to draw up that play uh, with 0.9 seconds left. And I think that the reports came after the game that he told DeAndre, and if you have the opportunity, dunk the ball in if you can. And, and, and he did exactly that. So um, just a crazy, crazy game. I think this is a game that the Clippers lost versus I think the Phoenix Suns winning. But again, give a credit a lot, a lot of credit to the Phoenix Suns for the way they they battled all the way up until the end pretty much. But um as far as the replay, man, the final, I think they said the final 90 seconds took 33 minutes of real time. And I think this is something the NBA is going to have to address in the offseason is that some of these replays are taking way too long. I understand that it's the playoffs and every call matters and you want to get it right, but there has to wait. There has to be a way for them to kind of speed this up because for it to take, you know, 33 minutes to finish a, a 90 second period in the fourth quarter. I, I think that's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, they're really caught in between like trying to get it right, but also it ruins the flow of the game. But like, then I think, I think the problem for the NBA is that people are going to be just as mad either way. Right. That, that's kind of yeah. the nature of like the fan fans today. Like, you know, let's say they, let's say they don't call that off Booker, you know, <laughs> Clippers fans will be on Twitter two minutes later with the screenshot of Devin Booker having touched at last and being like, sure. how can you miss this call in this situation? So I think there's no really pleasing the fan that like the Twitter fan base at this point, but I do think they just need to make an effort to like, you can't have a two minute three minute review every single time. And the yeah. problem is that now the players know that as long as they do the spinny finger, they're yep. going to go to the, they're going to go to the, the monitor, right? Like yep. that call between Booker and Beverly was not disputed on the floor, but the second Beverly starts doing the spinny finger, yeah. they go to the table just because I guess they want to like appease the player's argument. Like, you know, it just, you can't have this, this system where all we have to do is have everyone on the floor start going spinny finger and yeah. we go and we go and look at it and we, you know, litigate it to the fullest extent of what the replay can show. So I think they do have to look at it. Um, but there's really no perfect answer because I think people would be just as upset if there were obviously wrong calls. Now, the, the, like you said, I think what do you say? The game took 30 minutes to get the last like three minutes of game time. So yeah. like that, you know, that that's unacceptable. It was taking way too long. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think the right team won uh, in terms of sure. in terms of the refereeing, I guess, aspect of it. But yeah. um, if you're the Clippers, I mean, just in terms of the ex, the, the on on court performance, it's a tough one to let slip away. The Suns go yeah. six of twenty six from three. Uh, only you know Devin Booker doesn't play well. We could talk about the some of the adjustments that the Clippers made. I thought Pat Bev did a good job, um, although he was obviously involved in some of the late game shenanigans. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the Clippers to you know score twenty one more points from behind the three point line. Um, and lose this game obviously has to hurt a little bit. Luke Kennard came in. He he was a guy that we thought could play well. He did play well in this game. He was plus eight, um, a game high plus eight for for Luke Kennard. You know, out, out of yeah. all players on either team, so that's definitely something to, to look out for uh, as the series progresses. Let's take a uh, let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and, and we'll, we'll get to more of this game. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast presented by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in all your favorite teams, players, and sports games with generous promos, odds, and parlays happening right now at WinBet. 
get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. And download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. If you ever feel like you're always on, what do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue and your beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. So when you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment, and it's made to chill. So Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. So coming back off the break here, what did you think of the Paul George performance? Obviously, he had some clutch moments and then missed that pair. Uh, but for him, you know, playing 41 minutes again, carrying a load that he has not been used to in this Los Angeles Clippers uniform, I thought there were some hints of him getting a little bit tired. And obviously, the free throw line is a sign of that. So, yeah. you know, what did you think of his performance in this game? And, um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that it was – the performance that we saw from uh, Paul George from round one in games five and six against Utah Jazz. And I think that was the type of performance they needed last night. You take a look at his his line, 10 of 23, not really efficient. One of eight from three-point land, five of 10 from free throws. And when you have a guard that it's a – he's a really good free throw shooter, but for him to miss five free throws, like you said, that fatigue factor is probably kicking in for him. Uh, missing those two free throws down the stretch was, was absolutely – huge for this Clippers team. Um, but I, I think that the the Marcus Morris injury also, the knee injury probably was bothering him last night because he was 3 of 11. Um, Didn't really play in the second half. Yeah, and there was nobody else that really stepped up. You know, I thought Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson should have had a better scoring night. Um, I, I lost that points prop by a hook. He hit the three threes. Oh, shit, I didn't even realize that, yeah. Yeah, and his point props was at 19 and a half, and he only ended up scoring 19. And I really thought that they were going to get him that ball at the end of that uh, end of the game to shoot the free throws because I believe he is shooting 90% from the free throw line this uh, playoffs. But they, there, there has to be somebody else to kind of step up for the Clippers in the absence of Kawhi Leonard. Um, to help Paul George. And I think, like you mentioned, fatigue is, is getting to them because they played on Sunday, right? Or was this? Yeah, they played They played Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. Yeah, so that, that huge turnaround, that quick turnaround, I think really caught up to them, especially for Paul George, a guy who they're relying on to play heavy minutes in the absence of Kawhi. So um, I think that, that was kind of my takeaway for, for Paul George. Yeah, and... Uh... Series price now at Clippers plus 500, Suns minus 700. I'm going to make a take right now. I think the Clippers absolutely blow out the Suns in game three. Um, with with Chris Paul coming back, I think that, you know, there's a lot of kind of, oh, this series might be over, Suns and four. Suns open, four at, Suns open as a favorite in, in L.A. I, I don't see it. I think the Clippers are right there in this series. I don't – I think Ty Lue will have them ready to go. I don't think they're going to bury their heads after this loss. I think they come out in game three and punch the Suns in the mouth. So I kind of do like that plus 500 series price. Um, and what do you think of that? Can the Clippers come back in the series? I mean, they've, they've been down 
0-2 in, in yeah. both of their rounds, right? So this is not new, ter- new territory for them. The mindset is probably the same for them as it was in round one and round two. Like, hey, we've been here before. Let's just take it a game at a time. Let's get these two games at home. Hopefully, maybe they get Kawhi back. But it doesn't, it doesn't really seem like, like it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like it. they are. But, you know, th- this is probably now like they have to treat this as a game seven, right? And, and yeah. they have to come out and win this game. If not, this is for them to go out and win four straight, especially against CP3 back. It's going to be tough. So I agree with you. I, I currently see it at a plus one on one of my books for the Clippers. So I think I'll jump on that right now. Um, you know, on the flip side, I do want to talk about uh, Cameron Payne here a little bit because yep. in the absence of uh, CP3 in these first two games, he's been absolutely phenomenal stepping into that role as a starting point guard on this team. Uh, nine assists in both of his games so far. Um, no turnovers, too. Yeah, no turnovers, and then you had – he only scored 11 in game one, but last night was a night they needed him to be that score because Devin Booker didn't have a great game, and he went out and scored 29. It almost seemed like effortless for him. Yeah. Like the, the way he was getting to the basket, you know, laying it up off the glass, and, and you know, he was, he was hyped. So, uh, you know, I saw a story this morning from one of the scouts saying that when he was traded to uh, Chicago or signed by Chicago or one of the two that they said that in the second practice, they kind of knew that Cameron Payne wasn't an NBA level player and for him to kind of resurrect his career and now impacting this Phoenix Suns teams, trying to will them into an NBA finals appearance is absolutely incredible. So Wanted to shout out uh, Cameron Payne for his performance last night and, and absolutely throughout the whole playoffs and the series in particular. Yeah, I mean, for him to be nine assists, no turnovers, and he was 10 of 16 on twos in this game as a small guard. I mean, that's just yeah. really impressive. For the Clipper, uh, you know, yeah, for, for campaign for the Suns, and now you get Chris Paul back. I, I wonder how that's going to work. Um, in terms of campaign, you know, he played 37 minutes in this game. They had kind of a nice rotation. Cam Johnson also played well off the bench. He was five of five in his 24 minutes. Um, and, and obviously, Etwan Moore leaves the rotation, so it's 11 minutes to get back and not to find some more for for Payne to keep playing. And look for the Suns; they just had this really nice collection of of different support players that fit in really nicely around CP3 book and Aiton. Aiton was obviously really good in this game again, 24 and 14 for him. 12 of 15 from the field, all on twos, just, you know, very efficient, very powerful. And look, the Suns had the formula at home. I, I still think that the Clippers can come back. They were you're right there in both these games. I think the key yeah. is how do you respond to having a game kind of snatched out of your jaw like they did in, it, they did in this one. Um, but, yeah, this has been a, a fun series so far. I, I just hope that the Clippers can hopefully get two of these and kind of keep this series going towards towards six or seven games. Yeah, and they were right there in game one, too, right? Yep. Um, up until that, the final minute. And, and the same thing in at the game two from the final seconds. They had the lead, but they gave it away. So uh, easily we could be talking about at maximum Clippers being up 2-0. At, at minimum, it should be 1-1 right now. Yep. So uh, for for the Clippers to slip that one away last night, I, I think that's probably going to weigh on them. But hopefully they can get past that. Now they're back home in L.A., and they'll be getting ready for, for game three. So the last thing I want to kind of uh, mention from my part is that I talked about in game one how the Phoenix Suns had outscored the um, Clippers in the paint 54-34. Last night, it was 60-30 to 30 in favor of Suns again. So, Sheesh. 
yeah, they need to find a way to find a way to defend that pain. And I don't think Zubat's that answer right now, but I don't see, I, I think this is where they're kind of missing a Baca and not having him. So uh, to defend that paint, but you know, if they're going to win, win the, the series or even get a game in the series, they need to do a better job of defending the pain because little Cameron Payne was getting whatever he wanted last night uh, in, in game two. Yeah, when campaign is 10 to 16 on twos, you know that your yeah. interior defense is not good enough. And obviously on that final play, I thought that Zubash did not do I mean, he got held up by Book and he got obviously clapped on the screen. But how do you yeah. give up a rim look on that last play of the game to Aiden? And great play by Monty Williams. I think Ty Lue would have probably wanted to have that one back in terms of setting up his defense. You know, you had DeMarcus Cousins on the ball, didn't really seem to bother Crowder that much, and then just had no one at the rim. DeAndre yeah. is the biggest player on the floor. Just throw, he went up and got it. Um, so tough, tough loss for the Clippers. I will be throwing a little bit on this plus 500 series price for the Clippers, though. Um, let me see some series and, and correct score type props. Any, anything that stuck out to you on that? Let me see if there have been posted. I Clippers and seven is at plus 900. Wow. I mean, for pure value sake you kind of have to take those numbers right because yeah. sons and seven and sons and six are both at 425 as well yeah so i, I have, i'm fully expecting the clippers to at least get a game or two or at least get one or two games here um let me see so i, I feel like the market is probably is saying sons and five <laughs> i mean that that is what they're saying you know that, yeah that pretty much get goes, one of these and it closes yeah. out in five yep yeah that's exactly what they're saying so uh yeah, I mean, for for, for value points sake, like you probably want to take the five to one on the Clippers to win the series, and then if they're going to win, obviously it's going to be at least in six or seven games. But I just can't bet against this Phoenix Suns team at home. This crowd has been absolutely probably the best home court advantage so far in the in the playoffs. Um, and Phoenix, I believe they're undefeated, or they only lost that game uh, two against the Lakers in round one, but. Um, they have different guys stepping up every single night. And we always talked about throughout these playoffs that the roles players tend to play better at home. So um, getting CP3 back, I think we'll be back. I think the Sunset said they are hopeful to get him back in game three. <clears throat> but, you know, as far as these series prices, five to one on the Clippers. I, I know we talked about taking it after game one to where I felt like there was an over adjustment, but I, I took it there. And I'll, I think I'll take some more on that five to one because you never know what happens. Yeah, and obviously the Suns have won nine straight games. So just a crazy playoff winning streak. We will have to see yeah. if it does end. Any other thoughts on this Western Conference series? Let's go go over to the game tonight. Oh, let's get that uh, Eastern Conference Finals talk. Yes, yeah, sir. Let's take a quick break here, and then we're going to come back and get to this game one tonight. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button, and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a customer purchased the Milwaukee Bucks championship future for 150 bucks when they were down one over the Nets, then resold it for a thousand after the Bucks won game seven. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. So think of it like the stock market for sports betting and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 of bonus cash 
Go to ProudSwap.com or download the ProudSwap app today. Finally, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. And don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming back off the break, we've talked about this game a little bit, but haven't really gotten fully into it. Line has moved. Bucks now favored by eight at home and, and still rising. I'm seeing a minus 115 on the Bucks minus eight. Total yep. at 226. Munaf, where are you going with this game here? Man, I... I'm not sure what to expect because the season series doesn't really tell us anything either because I believe Trey Young missed two out of those three games in the regular season. So, um, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be well-rested. They have, like we talked about um, on our previous podcast, is that they're going to have three full days off after a big, grueling seven-game series against the Nets. Um, Atlanta, it almost feels they're playing with house money right now because – Yep. I don't think anybody expected them to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. At least for me, I for sure didn't. Um, Gun to my head, I mean, it almost feels like that Atlanta might have that same performance they had in game one against the Sixers where they snuck away a game. But I don't think they'll win the game. I think there is a chance that they do cover. Um, So I'll lean with the Atlanta Hawks plus the eight right now. Yeah, I, I like the Hawks a lot in this spot, actually. I think that, the, that, that we've seen the Bucks can be a little bit rusty in game ones. Um, and, yeah. and they have, I think they're kind of a team that's more rust than rest, whereas they kind of were figuring some stuff out and playing, obviously, the, the biggest the, coming off basically the biggest win in franchise history, or not franchise history, but recent franchise history um, in that game seven against the Bucks. Now, like you said, they're the team that has all the pressure on them. They, we yeah. kind of saw that in their game one against Miami where the Heat were coming in, all the pressure on the Bucks to kind of make up for last year, and the Bucks played super tight. That game went way under, uh, and, and the Heat had a chance to win that game, obviously going into OT with Jimmy Butler. I think we see a similar type of game here where it talks in the under for me. I think this is going to be a close kind of grinded-out game. I think coming off of game seven, I don't think the freedom is going to be there in game one. I think you know it'll be much more of a sort of, okay, we're still a little bit tired. We're still kind of in that game seven mentality. I think then in game two is where we start to see this thing open up a little bit and both these teams can kind of get into their offensive flow and play more free. So I will go with the Hawks on the under here. I think they've kind of discovered a newer identity as a tough kind of grinded out team. They can really play defense and I think the Bucs can do that as well. Um, For the Bucs, do they keep P.J. Tucker in the starting lineup and then they go back to Forbes or Connaughton where they're going against a team where they don't really need the ISO wing defense against KD? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> sorry, you got to go back to Tucker to the bench and have uh, either Carrington or Breen Forbes start in this game because you'll need the shooting in, in this series yeah. against the Atlanta Hawks because they have guys that can knock down shots. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how um, Bogdanovich's knee uh, has kind of improved over this last couple of days that where they've had uh, some time off. And then if Kevin Hur is going to continue to start, I think he will be because he's another guy that's a, a bona fide scorer and a guy that can knock down shots for you also. So, um, I, I, yeah, the, I think that there's no real real matchup for P.J. Tucker yeah, exactly. against the Atlanta Hawks, right? And, Maybe Herter like you, if he gets busy, but that's it. Yeah, but even then, can P.J. Tucker stay in front of Herter? Yes, <laughs> he just stayed right? in front of KD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Uh, the Red Mamba. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, the matchup isn't there for P.J. Tucker, so he might have some limited minutes. So maybe tonight, if you see a player prop on P.J. Tucker, you may want to take a look at taking the under on it. So, That's a, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah, I currently see that eight and a half for P.J. Tucker points. Let me see here. Double check. Never mind. It's at four and a half. So um, even then, I don't think he might be scoring a lot or getting a lot of minutes, but um, it'll be interesting to see what Coach Bud trots out there for the Milwaukee Bucks as far as a lineup. As far as a total, you might want to wait and see how the game flow is going, whether there's some rust for both of these, or at least for the Bucks, if they're making shots or not, and, and what type of pace they're playing with. Because if you take a look at some of the stats over the past seven games, I know it's going to vary from series to series and game to game, but of the remaining teams, Atlanta still has the highest pace um, of the remaining teams in the last seven days. They're at 99, about 100 possessions per game, and Milwaukee is not that far down the road. So um, this is a great opportunity, for, especially in game ones, where you kind of want to feel teams are feeling each other out, and you'll, you'll have opportunities on live betting to see, as far as totals, if you do like playing totals on which way this total might go, if they're making shots early or if there's rust. Yeah, and uh, it's it's kind of a tough one to. I, I think it's, it's a good point. It's a good one for live betting. And it, when PJ when PJ is on the floor, I guess Trey. It's kind of a good matchup for Trey. Like we saw with James Harden, they were able to stash him on PJ Tucker because all he does is stand in the corner. Yeah. So maybe there could be some offensive rebounds there um, or issues related to that. Total at two twenty six. Which way are you going? On a, on, a, on on a pregame perspective, obviously we talked about live. Yeah, I think pregame. I would lead towards the under because we've seen that, especially the the Hawks coming off of two series where only that game one against the Sixers was a high scoring one where they I think they dropped two hundred and fifty two points. Yeah, but other than that, I think these other games have been lower scoring, and then we we know what we saw from the Bucks, and that's when we we're expecting a lot of points and just didn't happen. Um, so now, are we going to see? the Atlanta Hawks offense of the regular season that we saw in this series. Are we going to see pace? What's the story? So as far as a safe bet, take the under because I would take the under in this game because we're not sure what we're going to expect from these two teams. Uh, and like I said, you might have the live opportunities of maybe find yourself a middle or, or just kind of see how these teams are filling each other out. Yes, sir. It's Hawks on the under for me. Any player props, quarter bets, team totals that you got for the people, Muna? Um, no, let me see. Uh, let's see if we can find something here. I think, I think you kind of maybe want to continue writing the Kevin Herter, um, points prop, right? He's only listed at 12 and a half. And yeah. depending on, I don't see a line for Bogdanovich right now on, on, on points props. I think Bogdanovich might be questionable. Um, okay. Cam Reddish is questionable for this game and Kevin Herter has a probable tag on him. I guess he must've gotten something nicked up, but probable okay. in the playoffs basically means they're going. Yeah, and uh, I think that's one guy you probably want to look at. Um, maybe some rebounding props. I think Clint Capella, 12.5 rebounds. I think that's a little conservative for him. He should have some success inside. It'll be interesting to see the matchup on who's going to guard Brooke Lopez because we talked about a lot with Brooke Lopez, how he likes to hang around the three-point yeah. line. So is yep. it going to be John Collins out there or is it going to be they're going to try to take Clint Capella out of the paint so they have opportunities inside the paint to score easy baskets without Capella there. So uh, that's another thing that you probably want to keep an eye on. Um, let me see some three-point shooting props here. Um, that's a great. I think that's, Drew. 
That's a, that's a great point you make because it's kind of interesting. Do you guard Capella on Giannis because he can kind of sit back in the paint and play that same game of like, do you dare Giannis take the pull up three? But if yeah. you put John Collins on Giannis, like you said, you know, then then Capella's on Brook Lopez and he's kind of at least a little bit tethered to the three point line. So interesting yeah. there. But you said you had three point prop potentially. Yeah, I think maybe Drew Holiday over one and a half is a good three point uh, shooting prop. For him, you know, this I think this is a series where he's gonna have to step up. Um, Chris Middleton, I think that's the guy that you and I had talked about who might have a huge series against yeah, the yeah. Hawks here. I think this is a series the, the Bucks are gonna have to make Trey Young play some defense. Yeah, yeah. Because we I still we still haven't seen that in the first two series. The Knicks didn't do that, and I don't think the Sixers did that either. So you gotta make uh sorry, Trey Young play some defense, whether that's Drew Holiday trying to cook him or that's gonna be Chris Middleton. So I think that's something that I want to be looking at tonight also. Yeah, and look, where wherever they put Trey, they're gonna find a way to get him involved, right? If you put Trey on PJ Tucker, then just run Drew, PJ, or Chris, PJ pick and roll all day, get Trey yep. Young switched on to your guys. And even with you you put a guy like Bryn Forbes or Pat Connaughton in the game and they try to put Trey on him, both those guys can kind of be those move and shoot guys and make mm-hmm. Trey run through screens. You got to just put hits on Trey and kind of test out, you know, how physical he wants to be, how much defense he wants to play. But very excited for this game. I think this is going to be a game where Atlanta can kind of set the tone for the series and be like, you know, we're not backing down to you. So I think Milwaukee probably gets this done, but I'm going to definitely go with the eight and the under. I think we see a close tight game here and then kind of open up throughout the series. Any other thoughts on this uh, game or this series, Munaf? Um, no, I think Milwaukee should take care of business here. I'm seeing a lot of people predicting a sweep. Um, I'm not sure it'll be a sweep. I think it might be a gentleman sweep. I, I think the Hawks may be able to get one at home, but uh, Milwaukee should dominate this series against the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, I've been doubting the Hawks all, all playoffs long. But I think the the buck stops here, no pun intended. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so quicker episode today, obviously, with only the one game. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll be getting these uh, one-game handicaps out to you guys for all the games of these series. Definitely stay tuned for the Slack channel, for Moonoff's Twitter as well. If you're not in the Slack channel yet, join us at sg.pn slash Slack. You can sign up for NBA channel or any of our other channels for – individual sports we're about to hit our 200 300th member so i'm pumped about that moon up where can people find you on twitter and do you have anything coming up on sports gambling podcast.com uh, i might put out an article today for some player props for tonight's game so yes, i sir. need to run that by uh by my editor and the boss or my boss about that and, and see <laughs> if we get one up um but i quickly yeah before we wrap it up uh did you see the alex caruso uh caruso uh, news Yes, Alex Caruso. He, <laughs> he, no comment on that until we, you know, but he's a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see how LeBron reacts to that. <laughs> yeah. GM uh, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny, but uh, it, it was, it happened right here in, in Texas too. I think it was uh, in Austin, I believe, but I, I thought that was funny when one of the guys posted it on the, uh, on the Slack channel. But other than that, no, you can find me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. Dropping uh, all type of plays on there, MLB, NBA plays, and then a little ranting and then some wishful thinking stuff. So definitely check me out on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. You can find me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. If you like this episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Check out all the other podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and sportsgamblingpodcast.com. And with that, Fun episode today. We'll be back the rest of the week. We got McKee coming in on Friday. 
Uh, yep. Hopefully, we have an episode for the game on Thursday. So, um, yep. have a good one, everybody. Good luck with your bets tonight. Go Hawks. Go the under. And uh, let it ride, everybody. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.